And hello, so you're in there, Matt. Yeah, hi Luke, how you doing? Hi. <laughs> okay, so the last couple of episodes I kind of been saying that we're going to be having a special guest and this is it, it's Matt. So um, Matt's an old friend and we're going to be doing podcast episodes every once in a while. Who knows? Yeah, by the way, it's probably going to be your only one. Yeah, I did hear that last night on last night's episode. I was like, yeah, okay, uh, thanks for jumping me in, but you know what? <laughs> don't worry don't worry Matt you can have a nice you can have a nice two weeks off though because I'm on holiday don't forget yeah no I heard you say that as well. so this this is going to be interesting isn't it? my first ever podcast thrown in the deep end and let's see how it goes I suppose <laughs> yeah so, yeah let's see how many gaffes and mistakes can be made during an episode let's see if as this is about technology how this technology holds out as we're over various iffy connections. <laughs> oh, trust me. Uh, we actually just did a dry what dry run or a run yeah. of this, and it was completely cut out on your end, I think, wasn't it? It was my end, just because I was, I was yeah, and, and that was using Wi-Fi, and it's went a little. You're off of here. You're out. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah, to cut you off completely. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, it was an mobile data and is it a Samsung device? Is it? Is it? Is it? You know, a web provider device? Is it? Is it? Who knows? But let's see. Yeah, let's hope it works. So, should we get into the first story about Microsoft and Google teaming up for more web apps on the Play Store? Let's do it. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's fairly straightforward, really. According to now, this story came courtesy of Engadget, who is reporting it courtesy of Barrett. So, you know, you've got to be reported by two people, which does lend a bit more credibility to it, I guess, if you want to see it like that. I'm but basically, yeah, sounds like you're pinching my lines, but yeah, I, I believe it. Basically, so. For those of you who don't know, Microsoft actually makes a lot of apps for Android. And it's also now building its very own Android device called the Surface Duo. Oh, uh, that really have, you, have you seen the Surface Duo? Oh my god, it looks amazing. I, I really wish I, I it's going to be so expensive, though. It looks really expensive. What a beautiful looking device, though. It's, it's like, because you've got okay. the Surface Duo, then there's the R, then there's, yeah. Just the Neo, I think, isn't it? The Surface Neo is the yeah. other one, but that's the one that runs for Windows. Yeah, because you, you, you've, you've got sort of like the Chrome and that lap version, and then you've got like the, the web, uh, then you've got the phone, Android device. They're just really lovely looking. They're lovely devices. Yeah, yeah, I really it's, want them. It's a complete new way for the Surface lineup as well. Like the Surface lineup is, has always been this really elegant kind of device lineup. You'll see it with the Surface laptop. The Surface Studio is completely in another league to anything else I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, they're just absolutely beautiful devices and the fact that Microsoft is now kind of bringing out these very kind of I wouldn't say they're too unique they have been sort of done before but the fact that Microsoft is kind of doing it in this new way and putting their own spin very interesting and that is probably what's also kind of bringing this progressive web apps collaboration so basically a small rundown of what's supposedly going on here is that apps will be built using Microsoft's PWA builder tool and then they all use they will use Google's bubble wrap utility and library to take advantage of new features. So it will be a new standard for web shortcuts. It will allow deeper push notifications. That could be quite interesting. And um, visual customizations. Uh, and they'll be fully downloadable through the Play Store. 
which sounds better. I mean, we were talking about these uh, push notifications previously, weren't it? Weren't we? And yeah. I, I've always got to turn around and ask a question when it comes down to push notifications. I, I, I look at these things. I'm like, well, I mean, you mentioned it. Facebook have recently been going through um, the courts because obviously someone tried saying, "Listen, you're 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 hacking. You're, you're sending me too many notifications." You're... They didn't even have an account now. I don't know whether that was Facebook's fault. It could have been just the user who created the account simply putting in one wrong digit in their phone number. Did, but yeah. did, the person didn't actually even have an account. I didn't. I didn't pick up that bit. Yeah, no, the person didn't actually have an account, so it's not actually the person who had an account. So whether it was just Facebook sending it to the wrong number completely wrong, or whether the person who had the account had just simply mistyped the number in their phone number. Right. Yeah. It could, it could easily be that, I don't know. But we don't know whether it is Facebook's fault explicitly. Yeah, but yeah. either way, push notifications are quite different, I think, to that. So that was through proper text messages. I this suppose is, that with push notifications, you can switch them off, yeah? You can you switch can... them off on a system level Yeah. as well. So it's quite good for that way. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, we digress a bit. Sorry, that was my mistake. Yeah, for no, it's fine. It's, it's quite yeah. on point now with push notifications. Uh, one thing about push notifications, especially from the web, is that it will have to be very careful about what is allowed a notification. So things like, because this could make it a lot easier for things to start putting notifications on our phones. This is something been talked about like notifications on phones I mean it's one thing for applications to turn around and say this is available that's available or whatever it might be but it's another thing because I mean we're, we're bordering onto that line what is a notification and what is that and what is one thing yeah so uh, like an example of notifications that I get I don't really get any marketing ones but sometimes some that I get so one I got today when we were about to start recording this is Matt caught it sorry matt is ready to start recording yeah and when that came up it said it was like well that's one i wanted i set it up for me to be alerted when people are ready to start recording with me so that's one i've asked for explicitly yeah and normally on android you have to say yes allow notifications same for ios but sometimes it doesn't work that way and it probably will work the same way where yeah. you have to explicitly allow it or decline it personally yeah. i kind of yeah see so it won't be much of an issue because you'll have to say yes i want the notifications but it could cause a thing it could cause a bit of a thing with some people who just kind of allow no allow permissions without noticing it Mm, mm. And, and that's the one, isn't it? It's because sometimes when people are downloading apps, I mean, general users, personally, I always like to read my terms and conditions. I like to see what I'm signed up to before I hit that agree button. But most people turn around and agree to stuff without knowing how is this going to affect me. I'm going to allow you to use all my contacts. I'm going to allow you to use all this. And then I'm going to allow you to send push messages to me. Um, <laughs> outrageous times of the morning. Yeah, two yeah, so, the it's, uh, yeah, so yeah. It's a thing, like for me on my phone, I kind of, I'll kind of install something. I'll just allow, when I'm looking at permissions, I'll be a, a little bit more cautious of it because permissions are very different. Yeah. But when it comes down to notifications, I'll just kind of click through, I'll click through terms and conditions in two seconds. I never read it because it's a massive power main page document. And when it comes from say Google or Microsoft, I know they're not going to say in 10 years, like 
if they said in as many conditions in 10 years you're going to have to pay 50 quid for every day of your life to be <laughs> alive or we'll kill you like a you know they just wouldn't do that because that would be ridiculous because no one would because the second one person saw that in terms and conditions no one would ever use their products again so you know there's not going to be anything ridiculous in there with massive companies in yeah. a very something ridiculous you'll hear about it for you so, it'll be soon pulled up absolutely I mean that's yeah. the thing I mean, I mean that's the big thing but, but no you're right I suppose it's it. you, are, you are correct but that's the one isn't it you, you allow we, we are talking about push notifications we're not talking about stuff which is otherworldly are we yeah exactly uh, but the thing about PWAs that's got me kind of excited about this is what this could mean for just apps on Android mm. so uh, I'm going to use an example I actually used in our previous recording, which was Shobi. Shobi, so, yeah. So, so Shobi is... It's an app that basically allows you to do work. So you can join a group with other people. Yeah. So you can create a group and then you invite people into your group. Now, it's primarily aimed at schools, if I'm primarily aimed at schools, but it can be useful just for general uploading things to different files and everything. It doesn't have to be a school use case. It can be useful for other things although there are other things that are more specifically useful for it. But one thing about Shobi is it doesn't have a native Android app, so you can't just go on the Android app store and search up Shobi mm-hmm. and find mm-hmm. it at the top. No, you have to have kind of an even remotely app-like experience or to just have an app-like experience in general. You have to... So you go onto the Shobi website. Yeah. Then you want to sign in. Yeah. And then you have to press on the three dots. And then you have to press add to home screen. Name it to show me. Then on my launcher, I, I select, I want it in my app drawer. Yep. And then it will just work as a normal app. So it's not, so show me haven't made it as seamless as it is on iOS, where you just pop onto iOS, install it. It's very different to that. Okay. On Android. But what. I kind of understand from this is this will make it a lot easier to package your web app using Google's bubble wrap utility mm-hmm. and then just push it through to the Play Store and it won't really be too much effort is the way I kind of understand this is happening. And that's the one, isn't it? Because this comes in line with it's, it's about being user-friendly, it's about how can you use it, is it going to run seamless with your device and can you just hop onto it and use it without losing information? Right, and, yeah. and that's what we're talking about. When, exactly, sorry. and is it easy for developers to access? See, yeah. one thing about developing for multiple platforms is you kind of. So I understand why Shobi hasn't spent a load of time developing that specific to Android. Android isn't used much in in a classroom environment. You're not as likely to see an Android tablet in a classroom. You're more likely to see an iOS, an iPad in a classroom if you're going to see a tablet in there at all, otherwise you'll probably see a Chromebook or a Microsoft laptop. You know, you're more likely to see any of those three devices than an Android device in a classroom, and with good reason. So to spend time on an Android app is not really worth it, as you won't see as much of an ROI, that's return on investment, as you would with iOS or web. But that's when these things become big market, doesn't it? Because it's it's an intelligent yeah. market, marketing. Because it's like there is a massive market waiting for some of these products to be available as apps. So if Microsoft and Google, Google Play are teaming up to turn around and do this, it makes it more marketable, doesn't it? Because like you say, it, 
there are devices which are used more frequently because they're reliable, they're secure, they're safe, and, and people have been using them for, for some time. But when you can transport this across to other devices and you make, it opens the market, doesn't it? it just It just makes it a little bit more competitive and it opens it up for other companies to come in line. And like you say, it is about using multi-platform devices. And, and it's, 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 it's a realm of possibilities, isn't it? Because any developer worth their soul would turn around and look at that. Am I developing specifically for iOS? Am I developing specifically for Android? But if you want the most of your product, how can I make this available for all? Because yeah, and that's where... There's the biggest audience that you can reach, isn't it? And normally that's what programmers want. How can I reach the biggest target audience? It's, it's one of those big arguments in life, isn't it? With, with tech development. Yeah, exactly. That's where this kind of collaboration really comes in. So if your web app is already built using Microsoft's PWA Builder tool, then you can just use Google's bubble wrap utility and it should work fairly effortlessly from the way I understand it. Because mm -hmm. progressive web apps, they're really, they really do scale well across devices. And it does take some expert coding to do this, but Shobi has shown that they can do this pretty well. And I experience that on my Android device every time I use Shobi. So with this, it will make it a lot easier for companies that already make web apps to just bring them into the Play Store and make it more seamless for the users to download it. And they may not even have to know that they're downloading a web app. Yep. Like you would probably label it web app or something. Yeah. There'll probably be a section of it labeled to web apps, but the fact is you wouldn't notice it in your day-to-day -day use. As far as I'm aware from using Shobi and a couple of others, you just wouldn't notice it. I don't think you wouldn't know. I suppose that's where programming has come in leaps and bounds, isn't it? Too, because, you know, once upon a time, it was for, you know, standalone systems. And, and now we're, we're moving into network technologies and, and standalone systems and home usage as well as business usage and space usage. And the realms are opening up, aren't they? Mobile usage. Uh, the, the availability to turn around and use it on, on multiple platforms. It's... it's, it's <sighs> like lost point of what I was talking about <laughs> yeah it's, it's just absolutely incredible like the yeah. way that technology has opened up and now with yeah. these progressive web apps yeah it will and really bring that's the one is saying it means that development can advance and reach multiple uses you uh, users and offer more to the general public which which is what it's about isn't it yeah so if I may you see this thing with another Google product called Flutter Yep. Uh, this is an, it's another SDK for developers and I've kind of been trying to get into using it. It's not as seamless as just kind of doing it though because previously until literally a couple of days ago actually for to use it on Linux it was a lot more complicated. But now with the way that they've set it up you can very seamlessly now develop for Linux, Mac OS, Android mm -hmm. and iOS. And Windows will soon be just as seamless as those two, as all of the others. They're really making it a very easy way to develop cross-platform. And this is going to make it much easier for developers who already have a progressive web app, but want to bring it directly to Android. So if you want to bring it directly to Android, you just have to follow the steps that I'm sure Microsoft and Google will outline a lot more thoroughly in some proper documentations at some point, when this is kind of officially fleshed out. And according to Microsoft, this is an official statement 
uh, the, expanded fe- the expanded features shouldn't require significantly more effort to implement. So it also gives creators more reason to use Microsoft's toolkit yeah. and developers who build Android-friendly web apps instead of p- pointing people to generic apps inside a browser. So mm-hmm. exactly what we've been saying all along. I- is isn't it which which is nice um, but there, there is an angle here isn't there for microsoft though because it is bringing more people back to the microsoft banner those who are migrating and disappearing uh, you know across to ios or across to uh, linux or, or whatever they might be those who are disappearing into other areas it's bringing them back to microsoft isn't it yeah because yeah Mi- it brings you know, yeah it brings people much more into the microsoft community mm-hmm. and much more again back onto microsoft kind of platform using microsoft devices I've really noticed this push with Microsoft, they've become a much more services focused company. So it's really kind of more services, just like Apple are doing, they're becoming, and Google to a certain extent, although they've already been more services. They're really using more things in collaboration with Android and iOS. You know, yeah. they're kind of going to be available everywhere for anyone. And it's just an amazing thing to see them doing it. And that's the one that's what you say is that it's, 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 it's about becoming more mainstream, isn't it? And reaching out there to your audience. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just kind of incredible. Uh, let's go on to the uh, second story today. I think if that's okay with you, Matt. Do you think that's okay? I think so. We, we just beat this one for about 17 minutes. So let's, let's do Yeah. 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 Let's, yeah, let's move on. We've really managed to get a lot out of one app. One app. It's incredible how much you can talk when it's not just one of you. Unbelievable. So, uh, do you want to introduce this one? The second one, as 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 I'm having technical device issues here. Are we talking about the issue with the LinkedIn uh, profile in the case of the Russian guy? I've forgotten his name. Um, the LinkedIn Dropbox hack. Yeah, hack, absolutely. So, it's, I remember this from twelve years ago, at least twelve years ago. Eight years ago. Eight years ago. Eight years ago. Twenty twelve. Eight years ago. I recall this one when it hit the market because I, I read this article and I thought, well, LinkedIn, it's, last time I saw it getting hacked was like two years ago, two, three years ago. And loads of um, account details were, were shared online. It's like, how's that happened? But then it's, um, but then this is a case which is historic, isn't it? Because it was eight years ago and this guy has literally only just gone to court. And I tell you what, it's uh, because I understand the Czech Republic wondering, are we going to ship this guy to America or to Russia to be tried? It's- and it was a big, yeah. weighty, heavy case because it's like this guy, he's obviously got quite some programming knowledge in order to hack into, you know, these 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 areas, LinkedIn, etc. So, I mean, maybe there was other areas as to why these people wanted to um, prosecute or have a look at this guy to say, what else have you been hacking into and tell us how you're doing it. Um, which is, of course, how governments and organisations want to know is how have you just hacked into my, you know, my system? <laughs> You've just exposed yeah. flaws in my company. That's my online business. I need to know how you've been doing that. But this guy, he's been penalised heavily by the by the US courts. Have you seen what they've done to him? Or it's up to I literally just kind of scrolling through it again now. He's he's going to be sentenced on September 29th. Yep, and. He's facing up to 10 years on prison for each count of selling stolen logins and installing malware, as well as five years for each count of hacking and conspiracy. So, five years for a count and uh, for, for, for each conspiracy. count eight, of eight, hacking eight. and conspiracy. And you've each got one. 
how many how, and how many were there I don't know. I can't see how many there are on him. It's not showing up. But <laughs> the fact is, that's at least, well, he's taken them from two different places. So that's at least 30 years in prison. It, it, it was more than that. I'm, I'm, I'm sure there was like thousands. The guy's going to be dead and long gone before his spirit is released from lockup. Yeah. <laughs> could be. We don't know. We don't know. Again, we'll find out on September 29th. But yeah. this is a massive story. And it actually happened. Back, all the way back in 2012, these breaches ha- happened. So, for those of you who don't know, oh, there's actually more. There's actually more on here. So, he, in 2012, right. he stole the usernames and passwords of 170 million people. Right, so, so there you go, 117 million people, and he's facing 10 years per, per, per um, account. He's selling stolen login. So, in theory, that's a, wow, that's a lot million. of years. <laughs> that's 117 million times times 10, right? That's insane. That's, oh my gosh. Imagine facing mm. that amount of time possibly in prison. We it's, don't know if he sold every single one, but yeah. that's insane. And, and, and that's like, now, he's going to have to, it depends what people's worldly view or afterlife's or spiritual views are. It's like, he's going to have to come back, go back to prison, come back, go back to prison, or his spirit is going to be locked into internet cyber jail. Right, yeah, we moment. have no idea what's gonna happen. Yeah, um, go on. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, no, this this is actually a quote from US attorney David Anderson. Mm. Uh, start quote Nicolin's conviction is a direct threat to would be hackers wherever they may be. Absolutely. Computer hacking is not just a crime, it is a direct threat to the security and privacy of Americans. American law enforcement will respond to that threat regardless of where it originates. End quote. So this really does show that the US is taking cybercrime very seriously. Well, we were talking about these things earlier, weren't we? When we were talking about terms and conditions. I mean, it's interesting that we can link to it. How about that? Boom. No pun intended. We can link these together, right? And, and these link in because we're talking about, you look at terms and conditions of any company, it is a cybercrime to turn on, hack, manipulate, or alter this program, right? Yeah, if it has in terms and conditions, it's done. That's as simple as it is. If that's in terms and conditions, Okay. You breach it. Lots yeah, of us probably breach terms and conditions daily without realizing it. Without realizing, and and it's a federal law. I mean, that people need to be aware of that. It is a federal law. The minute you start hacking into stuff, there are companies out there that are paid. I know someone who's um, head of sales, and, and and his organization is, or he's director of sales, as it goes. But his company is paid to hack into organizations and into companies' firewalls. Um, to turn around and and take a look to see how safe vulnerabilities, right? Sorry, but to see the vulnerabilities, right? It's called uh, white yeah. ha- hacking, I think, something like that. I think called white hacking or something. I can't remember the term of it, but it's, it is there, there is a specific name, and it is legal hacking. Yeah. You know, absolutely, and it is it's like hacking to a see if you can do it. I mean, he looks ethical after hacking, that's it. Ethical hacking. Ethical hacking. And he looks after some of the world's um, leading um, organizations. I can't go into it, but some of it is under well, data protection, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, but yeah, but he's uh, but he looks after some of the world's greatest firewalls um, and exposes any threats that are there to them. And when you get people like this that come along and and then hack into something which has been proven to be pretty much unhackable, companies want to know how are you doing it. So they want to send out a sharp message, don't they? If you're going to hack into us. We're going to catch you, and you're going to pay a penalty. You can hide behind 
all these what is it is it duck and cover what, what, what you've mentioned this before haven't you What's i the, don't know but duck and go. he tries to sell all 117 million usernames and passwords on russian language forms now i wonder actually see there's ways that they could charge him is it 10 years for every username and 10 years for every password or is it 10 years for every username and password combination <laughs> see it that should is... end up being 234 million times by 10 yeah yeah you see plus some right that's plus just... 10 plus yeah. 10 because you got five years for each cat for each uh, count of hacking conspiracy so yeah. plus at least another 10 almost guaranteed on top of that yeah so yeah that's incredible it's that's incredible. absolutely incredible yeah and it's uh yeah it's ongoing right yeah so yeah. he was charged uh, with nine felony okay so he's already been charged with nine fel felony counts back in 2016 actually and he's since been inca incarcerated in multiple jails yeah, that's and right. And he was then extradited in 2018. I mean, he's what you call a prolific offender, isn't he? Because he, he's, he's he's not just done it once and been caught for it. He's done it several times and, and he's he's faced it. And they're like, do you know what? Enough is enough. We are throwing the book at you. And not only are we throwing the book at you, we're going to make an example of you. Yeah. And yeah. Well, there's there's rights and there's wrongs to that. You know, he's... He's doing what these ethical companies are doing, but he's 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 um, but he's, he's doing, profiting from that. He's doing a personal gain. Look at all the problems that the banks had when they first originally set up online back online um, banking and all that sort of stuff. People's accounts were getting hacked left, right, and centre, and people were selling yeah. people with details. They still do it today. There's a lot of fraud out there, you know. And there are people, whoever is listening out there, keep yourself safe. Keep your password secure. Keep your account secure. Don't give your you know account details to anything that you're not hundred percent sure of. And if you're not sure of it, research it before you purchase something on it. Yeah. You know, exactly. it's, isn't it? It's uh, but then with things like LinkedIn, Facebook, you feel secure with these things, don't you? To yeah, and the thing is though, the best the best uh, thing I find is to use a password a password manager. So I know I don't know a lot of my passwords actually. A lot of my passwords I have no idea what they are. They're completely randomly generated. I don't look at them. I don't use them. So even if someone were to literally take me and, you know, torture me, try and take my thumb off or something to try and get my password, I would literally be unable to tell them. The only thing I'd be able to do is unlock my phone and give them my phone with usernames and passwords on them. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I, I've, I'm in two minds about um, password managers. One, I think, yeah, okay, it could be good. Two, okay, it's a random generator. But again, it's an online thing. How secure is that, right? Uh, personally, personally I, I struggle to find my passwords. And I'm aware of people who have got books. And in their books, they have their passwords. And it's like, well, that's okay. People like your houses have been broken into and some still in your password book. Yeah, <laughs> but, if someone literally sees that book, your passwords are all gone. You'll find them on the open web in yeah, a few days. For sure, absolutely. This is one of those things. But let's face it, most of us, we forget our passwords from time to time. So you need something to secure it, right? So, yeah. 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 But no, big case, big case. And um, obviously, it's something that's going to be discovered in September, isn't it? Yeah. When the final verdict of how many years he's up to face <laughs> well, <laughs> is given, I will definitely be reporting on that because we don't I... know how many years we could be seeing given to him. 
Now, I doubt he will get up to 10 years on each prison sentence. He's already got 170 million counts to his name. So, you know, in in theory anyway, in theory. In in America, I've heard they've given people like seven life sentences back to back. Yeah, Yeah, they do that. That's more for murders, I think, that that happens. But this could still be very significant. Into the one, it is significant. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah it's, it's it's a shot being sent out in breach of uh, many people. Actually, do you know what? I was looking at this article earlier, and I was reading it. Um, in fact, no, it was a previous one, the Microsoft one. And I don't know if we're going to diversify or undiversify a little bit here. But you mentioned Facebook, and I was looking to see how they're using technology at the moment. Um, so it kind of links. It, they're using. Matt, you're cutting out again. Yeah, I spotted that. Uh, But I spotted how they're using um, technology at the minute to, um, well, they've gone 80, they're now using 85% renewable energy. Yeah, that's, I mean, okay, that's incredible, but that's actually really good by them. But I think it's really good, and I think more companies should be using technology out there in order to bring down their carbon emissions. Yeah, because it is a big thing at the minute. Okay, at the minute we're in a global pandemic. Yeah, for a, a, a horrible virus which is out there taking people's lives. Yeah, uh, can we not see the name? I'm not sure on the restriction on YouTube, and I do want to eventually upload all of my current back catalogue yeah, onto no. YouTube. It is so glitchy recently. That's fine. I'll keep that out. But, you know, we are in that uh, global pandemic. But then there is something else which is there at the moment, isn't it? Which is, you know, obviously there's... Global uh, warming. But we're also looking at global warming. Global warming is a big thing. And technology plays a big part in that, doesn't it? You know, we're talking of cooling systems and massive servers. And it's how we're going to turn on keep those cool without, you know, destroying massive natural resources. It's, It's a big ethical dilemma isn't it for, for te- yeah. technology anyway we've probably diversified i apologize yeah, yeah. uh so we move on to our final topic of the day then we can do some more just general discussion about random stuff i'd say yeah let's do it let's go for it what's, yeah. what's yeah okay so this is literally just bordering on yesterday actually these stories were picked up very early this morning because there wasn't really much to talk about but i saw these things first thing I, first things i saw when i woke up were these three things and you know, if you're a Fitbit user, then this one is directly for you, especially if you have a charge board. Because they're now a smart wake alarm and dynamic GPS in the latest software update. Yeah. So basically what these are gonna do. Now, for those who don't know actually quickly, just before we do go into Fitbit, uh Matt, have you heard about Fitbit being acquired by Google? No, I, I didn't hear that actually. Yeah, so Fitbit is in the process of being acquired by Google. I can't remember what the deal was meant to go through by, but currently there's a lot of uh, skepticism around it because obviously that's abundance of health data going into Google's hands there. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you feel about that? Google having access to possibly loads of health data if you were to use a Fitbit. I know you don't, but if you were (laughs) using a Fitbit, how would you feel? Do you know what you know my my views on this anyway? It's um, because I can be, and I'm going to try not to get controversial, right? Okay, because I did promise you I wouldn't get controversial. Google has access to pretty much whatever you do online anyway, whether you go in incognito or not. Google knows what you're up to, okay? Have you have you got your device location switched off? They know where you are. I don't. I'm not. I, I, do you know what? I, I've got nothing to hide. I'm, I'm not worried one way or another but when it comes yeah. down to your personal health care information that is something i mean what is someone going to do oh hold on 
you know, your heart rate has peaked at seven o'clock in the morning, you know, to uh, X amount of beats per minute. I don't think if someone hacks into that information, with that information, what are they going to do with that? They're going to send you some, uh, maybe they're going to send you some health insurance notifications, right? Or, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, oh. if, if that's the case, that's the case. So notice, hold on. Um, yep, your beats per minute went up at uh, eight o'clock in the evening. Maybe it could be something you're eating. Maybe you should, you know, hold back on the chocolate or something. Do you know yeah. what? Whatever they're doing, I, I I don't have have an issue with Google or any company there um, having access to my information. I, I'm, you know, I've, I've, I'm using the device, and I'm going to say, I, I, and personally, you've heard me say this before. I believe every single human being should be chipped. That's complete controversy, right? Um. Okay, Matt, I'm going to cut you off right there. Sorry, but. I, we will talk about that after we talk about this topic because I want to talk about this topic quickly, okay? I'm not going to stop you from talking about that because that no, is a very right. important discussion, especially going back to cybersecurity, and we will link that because that can be linked. Oh, so I, that's not controversial. I'm going to link that. That's yeah. not too controversial. That is a thing that a lot of people would kind of... We are already chipped in a way, and that would just make it permanent. Yeah. Uh, but basically, well, all that you need to know is that Google did already confirm that they won't use the data for ads or anything. And even though they already confirmed that in their original announcement, the EU is already looking into them for using it for ads. So, you know, Google already, when they first came out of it, they said, data won't be used for ads. A couple of months later, EU, hey, we're going to investigate the Google for possibly using Fitbit health data for ads. Mm-hmm. Like, Google already came out and said they wouldn't, but feel free to investigate it. It's worth it. Do you know, it's worthwhile being investigated, isn't it? Because I... It's there, isn't it? It's a, it's a health device. You're going to tell that device whether you want to turn around and lose weight, gain weight, bulk up, do 22 crunches in a day. It's there, and they're going to know. So you are opening yourself up to be targeted with adverts designed to help you lose weight, gain weight, or you know get that maximum six-pack. It's yeah. there. And it? You know what? That could be a helpful thing to you. Maybe we should... Maybe, maybe and this could be seen controversial, but you know what? Yeah. I'm going to throw it out there. Maybe they should allow an option. Yes. So instead of saying blanket, we won't use it for ads. Right. They allow an option. Because what I would like actually is maybe a few ads directed towards my workout studies. Now <laughs> I personally use a Galaxy Watch. So, you know, I won't I'm not gonna be in this ballpark, but what I would like maybe if I'm a Fitbit user and this does happen, is the option to just switch it on. Cause say I'm working on a specific routine, I can maybe get an advert that tells me hey, uh, this thing is helpful. And as long as they're like, not those like really bad, like, you know, employee gets fired for creating amazing treadmill or something, because I've seen a couple of those, yeah. and it literally just looks like a scam. <laughs> but, you know, as long as it's not one of those kind of adverts, it's proper workout reliable adverts, I don't mind seeing it. Now, um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, no, no, no. do we get into the actual update, though? I get into the actual update because this is nothing to do with what we we're actually talking no, about. No, it's not. Because from what I saw, the, the, the update, and what they were talking about was one of the things where, where it's going to actually set your alarm, isn't it? And your wake up call. Yeah. Yeah. So your maximum amount of sleep. So it's going to help you to turn around and get, which is already built into some of them, isn't it? Yeah, because it yeah. knows that you've had maximum sleep and when, you know, what's your deep sleep, what's your light sleep, and it measures it out and balances it and says, hey, you've had a good seven hour sleep pattern up your wake yeah or you know you've 
I'm in two minds about this, whether that's a good thing or not. Being woken up at two o'clock in the morning, it's like, I've already been asleep for half an hour. How dare you wake me up telling me I've had maximum sleep? Or it decides at seven o'clock in the morning or half six in the morning, do you know what? You've not had maximum sleep. And it's like, well, hold on, I need to be getting up to go to work. No, no. You can do that a maximum alarm. Yeah, you need it. So you can set a maximum alarm, which is a nice fail say, isn't it? But it's like, it's just in case it overrules it, it says, no, I'm going to just let you sleep until 10 o'clock in the morning. And then you get tired. <laughs> oh my God, I mean, you've got to go to work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely have your own manual alarm set. So that's the sleep wake feature. That's the spot wake feature. It's a very cool addition. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, another yeah, one because I think that was retailing about $160 as well, isn't it? Over in the States, is that right? Uh, it's $150 over in the States, yeah, $150, yeah. yeah. So, which is a good price, so yeah, it's a very good price. So, another feature about dynamic GPS now, this is really good yeah. if you want to have a uh, a really good GPS for you to have. So, generally, GPSs on watches are not very accurate. I've noticed this on my Samsung watch. One time I'll do a run that says 1k at one point, but then the next time I do it, I'll go a bit of a faster speed. And the 1k point will be another couple hundred meters along. I'm just like, where's 1k? Make up your mind. <laughs> and it's mm. really annoying because whilst it could be technically to do with where I've got my watch set up and I might change that because it could just be because my watch actually locks when it thinks it's not actually on my wrist, it could be that doing it. But the point is, these can be slightly inaccurate and you know it's not always their fault that they are inaccurate it is just a fact but mm-hmm. you know it's still a thing and this allowing it to connect with a phone's gps is going to be really good i remember a friend of mine many years ago he used to take people out on tours um pretty much a, around um around the country, um, the country we're in at the minute, the UK, and he used to take people on all sorts of wonderful tours, um, Stonehenge, um, all these different places, um, and he used to use his GPS device. Now, it would give him an instant download, it would tell him where things are, what he's doing, um, and where he is, and he used to use his start location, his end location, and that original device worked really well. But he said occasionally it's glitchy because, of course, you're, you're sort of relying, yeah, on your global positioning, which is what it is, virus satellite link up. Am I right? Exactly. Yeah. It's... And, and these things can be accurate. I mean, these days, devices are more accurate to within, you know, tens of meters. But if, what if is when that is actually miles and it's like, well, I didn't start here. This is somewhere completely different. And you've never. Yeah, it's so much more accurate now. But that's what you're talking about, isn't it? You go for your jog, you finish your jog, and suddenly you've got lost somewhere in between. It's like, well, did I go 1.1 mile or did I go, you know, 10.1 miles? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. another, there are some other features on the Fitbit Charge 4 that it already has that are useful to just let you know. So if you don't have Fitbit Charge 4, then other things for you to know are it has Spotify control, seven day battery life. That's incredible. Yeah. And there are also some other premium features previously reserved for smartwatches from Fitbit. That's pretty awesome. Seven-day battery life alone is absolutely brilliant. That's incredible. I definitely wouldn't mind that on my watch. I get about... Well, my watch is normally on charge every night anyway because I don't really wear it for sleeping. I might give that a go over some holidays. Right, right. Uh, You know, it's still... Like, I never make it two. I never. I would never make it a whole two days. I don't think on my watch battery life. 
Uh-huh. So seven day battery life on Fitbit charge. I don't know if that includes sleeping or not. But again, sleeping is on a reason that tells you. So I can imagine it probably could. Yeah. That yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah, I think that's kind of everything for today. So, Matt, how about you? T- how about we go back onto your chipping thing? My chipping thing. Are you sure you want to go there? Because you know I can be a <laughs> draconian, I think people are yeah, saying. Yeah, I'm not sure. Things. I'm not sure, actually. It's a bit of a touchy topic. So It is a touchy topic. I think it's out there. I mean, we're talking about it at the moment, aren't they? People are saying, you know, globally, it, we're coming to a time and a crisis where actually, and there are people talking out there, conspiracy theories, should people be chipped? Shouldn't they be chipped? And, and you know what? This is one of those things, isn't it? Like you said, we're already technically chips because we've all got mobile devices. So, yeah, you, no matter who you are, where you are, they know where you are. Yeah. If you you've got a phone that. on you, huh? if you've got a phone on you, if you've got a Google phone on you, more likely than an Apple phone, because yeah. Apple are quite uh, restrictive of what they allow uh, yeah. governments to access. There was a massive case about this not long ago. I remember, I remember but, that. Blackberry went to yeah. the actually, um, when the Blackberry phones used to be about. Um, yeah. talking several years ago I think they, they went through a very similar issue and there were certainly certain countries that actually bland uh, sorry bland blocked Blackberry it's easy for some to say I need to replace my team they blocked Blackberry or wouldn't allow those um, phones to be used within their country because of um, certain data protection because they uh, there was all sorts of stuff in there. yeah 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 so uh one thing about this, though, is I would personally argue that as long as you've got a phone with a GPS turned on, especially an Android phone, the only thing that will really happen is <coughs> that it's going to be directly under your skin instead of on your phone. So you can't just accidentally leave your phone at home when you're about to go commit a crime. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. the only time I leave my phone at home is if I'm going on a run, in which case I normally have my watch on me, and I like yeah. to listen to music. Yeah. Or if I'm maybe popping outside just in front of my house. Yeah, where yeah. there'll be like three other people with me who can confirm where I am anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact is I'll I'll often bring my phone outside with me but anyway when I'm with my mates. So it really is exactly the same whether I'm chipped or not chipped in terms of what access there can be to my to my location data. The only thing that we the only thing that will worry me about it is if a criminal managed to hack into the live feed yeah. and get access to everyone's data really easy. That's the only thing if a hacker manages to access it, which is almost a guarantee. That's that's the one, isn't it? Because it's, I mean, we're just talking about that in the case of this Russian guy. It is it is something which people could look at, and and who looks after that information? Who is protecting that information? Who are the keepers of of your personal whereabouts and locations? Now, I've often only said that you know the only people who need to worry about those things are the people who are up to no good and misbehaving. Yeah, yeah. Because I've always, I've always viewed um, chipping, and it was my naivety when I when I first entered the discussion and the debate around this was, well, actually, from a safety point of view, at least then we can protect the greater environment and people out there. So if people are, um, you know, if, if there is a crime that happens, you know, if a bank has been robbed in, has, has been robbed, you know, someone's child has been stolen, or if, you know, a crime has occurred and someone's house is broken into, or, or a car has been stolen, you can see by the location of all those who were chipped, who was in that area at the time. And then you yeah. can do a process of elimination 
who are we going to look at yeah as potentially being culprits so therefore it actually saves up in police time it saves up on wasted uh, uh wasted resources and and it's, it's a money saving way of of potentially looking after a state yeah yeah see there's no, two sides to it there's two the, sides to it in my opinion so you, as you were just saying in terms of process of elimination i think a really good way to do this is so you've got someone who's a known criminal yeah and because well with chipped it will come up as hey this guy's a known this person's a known criminal mm-hmm. and they're in the area so you yeah. can first look at the known criminals um, and from those known criminals you can then say okay which one of them have kind of got a resume that would suit the crime that was committed yeah, yeah. so say it's I mean, a burglary yeah if it's a burglary or a robbery one or the other yeah. if they are different crimes yeah. then either of them if they got something that would kind of suggest that they're willing to do either of those on them and you go okay let's talk talk to them we're not going to say they're a suspect or anything but let's have a chat we're not going to arrest them or anything all we have is that they were in the area we would need more evidence mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. let's take a look see let's take a look see see if they know what happened there see what they can say about it see yep. if they give a really vague description or if they give a really accurate description you know yep. see what they can kind of give us could I mean it, it does and it could and it can breach human rights in the fact that actually and it could be viewed as sometimes harassment from that because like you say let's take a look at the known criminals yeah but then most of the time there's that massive quantity of unknown people who are out there committing crimes and yeah. it, uh, in essence it could be hey you know it's like hey man you, you know that i've done this and i don't know why i'm doing this voice but there it is it's, it's just a generic voice hey man yeah. you're, you're harassing me man it's like i was nowhere near the scene it's like well you were actually near the scene yeah but maybe actually that person didn't have so i mean there is that human rights violation harassment case but potentially i think for those who have been um who are known as prolific offenders those who are on that assess uh, are being viewed and looked at all the time or have problems but uh, i need to be careful with what i'm saying but it's got to be pc those yeah. those, those who uh, um you know, you know, those who are prolific offenders those people yeah, yeah like, you must be careful with whether you just go okay you're a previous offender which girl picked you up you can't do that yeah mm-hmm. but what it does allow is it allows you to see people who are there if it's someone who got a relationship to a previous offender it allows you to see a lot of things and a lot of things that might be related and you could also triangulate it with cell phone footage with or not cell phone footage sorry security camera footage yeah and you can mm-hmm. kind of collaborate corroborate it with other things in the environment and see who went in what direction. And this is the one because it actually enables you to turn around and actually reduce limit and actually protect an environment. And I think when we're talking about protection of the environment, it comes paramount. Now, it doesn't matter if a person's a known criminal or non-criminal or if anyone's in the area and if something has happened in that area and if it's if it's a heinous crime of, of, of some effort, uh, you know, people get stabbed, don't they? You know, there was, I was reading, you know, there's there that case of people that were stabbed recently in, in Reading. It's like during a case of lockdown um, and it made public news. It's like, well, do you know what? That's quite shocking. Um, you know, everyone's supposed to be in lockdown anyway. How has uh, a crime of that magnitude happened? Well, it has, you know. So yeah. if people were chipped, then we would know who was in that area at the time and potentially who it is that's actually responsible for doing that crime. 
you know, because there are crimes, there's knife crime going on out there, there's gun crime, you know, across the states, and it is growing here in the UK, and then most of it goes unreported. You'd be able to find out a lot more. And I think we all want to live in a world where we can enjoy ourselves, but we all need to stay, stay safe. It's an ethical issue, and like I said, I don't mean to be too controversial, and I apologise for bringing what is a really good tech um, discussion forum, yeah, which is yours, maybe into controversy by, by discussing it. But I, I think, like, like you said, people these days have to admit they are a little bit naive if they think that actually they're not being tracked already anyway, because they've got their phones. Okay, there is a small thing. I'm. I think we should have. End it. Let's end it here because yeah, yeah. we are breaching on that sort of thing now. I think. Yeah, but at the end of the day, the difference between a chip in your arm and having your phone on you all the time is minimal. It is. It's minimal. If you really want it, then they can just make a law that allows them to access yeah. uh, location data whenever they want it, wherever they want it. Yeah. Yeah. They can just completely take out the laws they've already got protecting that information and put in a new law allowing police to access it whenever they want without a warrant. If they really wanted to, do, they could do that. The fact is, they haven't. So unless they're trying to get a change their mind and do that, I can't see it's becoming any more likely. Yeah. But, yeah, I think this has been a really interesting discussion and this is now almost a 50-minute episode. <laughs> I think this is the longest episode I've had. Yeah, and that's probably because I've kept you waffling and I, I apologise, Luke, and I'm sorry for <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I have, I have a habit of, of digressing and then going elsewhere into another realm, which is like, Matt, we weren't talking about that. We were talking about something else, but you know, so, yeah. but it's, it's a massive field, isn't it? And so much tech relates to other tech, and you can bring it into other realms. So, Luke, thank you for inviting your teacher today. It's, it's been an honor. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. It's been really good to have you on here. And I think if it's okay with you, then. We will do a couple more of these. If you're happy, and, and hopefully if if you don't get a load of emails saying it was that gun oh. bang out of order. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we got to listen to it again anyway, and we could re-record for all we know. We got to listen to it again. Okay. Yeah, we want to make sure we haven't gone too off. Yeah. Don't forget. Okay. But yeah, we will listen to it again, and as long as we're both happy to it, then wait, we're going to listen to this for like an hour. We're going to be on the phone until like half nine. Cool. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We're going to down to Shawald. My name is Luke. Uh, the guest on today has done an absolutely amazing job when I've just thrown him completely in the deep end as Matt. Thank you, Luke. And <laughs> yeah, it's been good to have you on here. Thank you. And, and thanks to all the listeners for tuning into this. It's, uh, I, I hope you've I've not grown your evening entertainment. I hope you've got some. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you in. I'll see you all in tomorrow's episode. And as for Matt, I'll speak to you after we end this recording. Beauty. Cheers, brother. Cool. Yeah.